Welcome back to NFT C-Suite, the show where we learn how brand innovators are leveraging NFTs. I'm your host, Adam Connor, and today I have Coldwell Banker CMO David Marine. You know, Coldwell Banker was one of the first pioneers to digital real estate, as well as being one of the first brands to have a social presence whatsoever, all the way back in 2007. And so as the world of Decentraland and similar worlds grows, David chimes in here to talk about his experience and how he sees that world moving forward. And hey, maybe by the end, you'll be convinced to get your own digital plot of land. But right now, make this podcast your home. This is David Marine on NFT C-Suite. David Marine, Colwell Banker, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. What I hope is a high conceptual level, just a, just a spitball about this world because it's literally the Wild West. Talk about that in a second. How are you? I'm doing very well, Adam. It's good to see you. As always, good to catch up with you. And I'm excited about this really uh, very appropriate topic and high interest in it uh, with NFTs. So excited to get started. Yeah, me too. I, I have been reading about it in all walks of like digital life, but with the rise of the metaverse, of course, land in its traditional sense has almost been disrupted as well because physical real estate was the way of the world until, I don't know, five minutes ago. Or maybe not, as I'll ask in a second. And now all of a sudden, the decentral lands, that's really the only one. It All this reminds me of like The Sims and like and oh, Second yeah. Life, which I want to ask you about. I'll start here. We've done some podcasts before we know each other a little bit. I know that you and Colwell Branker have pioneered a few things in the digital world for the last... 15 to 18 years. For listeners who don't know, Colwell Banker was, I think, the first, correct me, business to have a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. Yeah. Everything social, right? Yes. First on social, first to have um, videos of listings for sale on YouTube. So that was, yeah. We like to try and be ahead of the game first with iPhone, Android applications. So, and uh, we actually were the first with selling virtual properties in a virtual world. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about that because that was 2007. Yes. Very, I mean, like this, I'm thinking it's new now. Back then, did people think you were nuts? Oh, yeah. So imagine how how ridiculous it sounds now when you're like, yeah, we're going to start selling conceptually fake homes. Now you're like, well, yeah, all right, I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, but then think 15 years ago, it was like, wait, what are you going to do? Uh, so it was right at the start of the virtual world second life and it's, it was in its infancy and started to get some, um, some pop gain, some popularity. Right. And what I loved about what I still love about Cole Banker and it's why I've been with the company for 20 years is there's always a willingness to try something new and to kind of push horizons a little bit. And I remember the day I walked into my boss's office and I said, Hey, there's this thing called the app store now on the iPhone. I think we should look into that. And it was the one word response I got was go and uh, give credit to Mike Fisher, who is the head of marketing at the time and doing that. And it was just like, yeah, let's try this. Let's see how it works. And so we had saw this idea of second life and we had heard about people buying this land and setting up different properties. We're like, well, what if we buy a whole swath of land and we set up an office and then we create a like neighborhood and we can sell those homes. And so we're like, let's test it out. And it from it wasn't a significant investment, but it was one of those things where it was so unique and it is probably one of the biggest PR initiatives in my entire career. And then we even took it a step further where we were in it for like six months. We're like, well, what if we recreated a real life home that's for sale in the virtual world? And so you can get, have an open house in real life 
or in Second Life. And uh, we worked with our company called Maker Bain in Seattle, and we recreated down to the square footage, the decor. And if you looked out the windows in the virtual home, you would see the actual view when you look out the windows in the real home. So uh, that got a significant push. And it was really just to get some learning and attention. Um, We eventually closed down our space there. And uh, 15 years later, here we are where this is now becoming like one of the biggest questions out there is, hey, what are you guys doing? Is there going to be something that you're going to be doing in the metaverse? Right. That even what you just said there, the virtual home tour was new to me even like four or five years ago. Okay. So foundation set. You guys have been first in a lot of places and you are now today. Now that let's say the second life has gotten its second wind. <laughs> yes. What do you find it? Yeah, you like that? Uh, what <laughs> What has been the easiest and most difficult thing? Again, we'll keep it at a high level about this world of digital real estate. And then maybe we'll talk about the world of NFTs and its application to physical real estate. I'll start digital though, because that's easier to, it's all, it's all encompassing. So let's start there. Yeah, from digital real estate, obviously the whole real estate industry has been moving towards the digital end of how do we continue to make the experience more digital friendly? It used to be you had to get to an office and you had to get in the back seat of somebody's car and you drive around. It was very physical experience. That still goes on. Right. However, I would say about 90% of the process is happening uh, digitally right now and virtually, whether it's through uh, video open house walkthroughs, exploring properties online, even the real estate process itself of purchasing is now much more digital. So this is now kind of looking at when you're talking about the metaverse is what is the next step in application for uh, potentially buying and selling properties, whether it is in the physical world or in the metaverse. And one of the unique things is, and uh, my grandfather used to talk about, he used to say that they're not making any more land. So when you can buy it, you can invest in it, you should. There's a country song out right now called Buy Dirt. I mean, and literally that's the whole message is when you don't know what you, you should just buy dirt, which is basically buy land because wow. they, they make no, and literally the end of the refrain says, because they ain't making any more of it. That's right. So buy dirt. Well, right. evidently they are making more of it, but it's just not <laughs> right. real dirt. So that's kind of the unique opportunity here is, okay, now you have the opportunity to potentially invest or own uh, a piece of something that might not ordinarily be attainable. And whether that becomes just like, hey, this is a unique thing I have, or you're looking at it as an investable uh, opportunity, that's kind of the unique space that real estate could potentially fit into this metaverse uh, world we're living in. Yeah, I think the possibilities are, are endless, but that's easy to say right now because we're right, we're right at the front of all this. And it is interesting to think about that one asset where you thought, well, that's a global finite supply. Well, not anymore. In the digital world, though, I mean, is it theoretically infinite then? Because that's the other thing. How valuable is it if you can always just continue to print land, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that's the that's the question that was brought up a lot with um, the art side of things with NFTs. Was yeah. like, well, wait a second, uh, I can just rip this video off YouTube, and now you paid you know thirty five thousand for. Uh, this Richard Jefferson dunk from when he was on the Nets, right? And right. like, why why would you go ahead and do that? And so the value comes in the fact that it's got this stamp of uniqueness. And as a former baseball card collector and signed baseballs, and I've got you know Mike Piazza's autographed photo hanging in my basement downstairs, it's got a little stamp on it that says, this is one of 
50 or whatever number it is. And that is what really gives it the value. So that's the trick of this as well is how do then you say like this is they can only own so much of this. Same with stocks, right? There's only there's not an infinite right. amount of stocks that can be purchased. So that's where you're creating the demand and the value for these things. Uh, it's yet to be seen exactly how much that would work within the specific real estate uh, sector. But if you think about it, you might be able to own a virtual version of a property that ordinarily you would never be able to afford. And I think that's kind of the uniqueness and maybe some of the appeal uh, to the everyday consumer. Yeah, I think so too. It's, uh, well, it's it's very much like a fantasy. Like it's uh, over the last year or two, there was an SNL sketch uh, on this going on Zillow as 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 like, yeah. uh, you know, as a heightened experience, like, I, you know, almost like a dirty experience of looking through, oh, I would love to have that house. Well, now you might. If you had something in the digital world, which didn't come with a $10 million price tag, although who knows? We don't know. This is all speculative. Let me talk about real world for a second, though, because, of course, most people think of NFTs. We're still in that art world, which is fine for now. But the architecture, the technology under it, and listeners, you know, be aware that I'm not a genius here in this world. So I'm going to use these terms. They might not be right, but here we go. The tech under it, a way of, of digitizing and, uh, in theory, like fraud-proofing contracts. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it could be an NFT that just represents that. Of course, it could be an NFT that represents a real thing. Have you started thinking about how it applies to the real dirt from the song? And then I got a couple more questions on the back of that. But at a very high level, like how do these two mix? Because it's got to be more pieces to the puzzle because it's been around forever. Yeah, so it's it's really difficult to register individual physical homes as NFTs. Digital real estate, however, the digital version of it can be registered using NFTs. And kind of the beauty of the digital versus the physical when you're looking at like, how do I create that as, as an investment or an ownable entity is that digital real estate doesn't really have any regulatory rules around it since it exists in a, in a virtual world. And so that's the that's kind of the beauty of it. There's a lot of financial regulations when you go through purchasing a home and different processes and title and all that kind of stuff. Right. But that doesn't really exist. It's very much the Wild West when it comes to uh, digital real estate right now. And that kind of lowers the barriers, but also opens a world of questions. I'm sure someone's going to figure out a way that they're going to regulate all that stuff. But right now, that isn't the case. What about the world of like, maybe not ownership, but like, here's here's where I'm going with this. Um Somebody who has done something with NFTs and relating it to physical goods is Gary V, who obviously knows how to market mm-hmm. himself, but he's got these V friends things, right? And I believe how that began was he started with art and then released these, I don't know if it's dated or something like that, but basically if you buy this NFT, you get like a pass to like a conference. You get to meet me. You get like, you know, something yep. something like that. And I see the world there for content creators. I mean, just imagine in the same way that you can only go to the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting if you have a share of Burke.A, you know, Mm -hmm. is there an NFT application to that? I think about homes and like, of course, yes, I I can't readily say, all right, I'll just print an NFT of a physical house. But I could say like, if you own an NFT that represents a rental or even a timeshare, like, are there fractional pieces of the pie that this digital architecture could more smoothly solve without the intense regulations of ownership? Yeah, I don't, I don't really 
can't comment on what is would potentially be the regulatory issues there. Fair but enough. I know Fair that enough. there's the ability to purchase the exclusive asset, which means that you own it in entirety. Right. There's also fractional ownership. Anybody who's got a Robinhood account or has probably experienced, oh, I can get fractional shares of Tesla. I'm not going to buy a, a full share of that. So that also applies here. And to your previous question as well, the scarcity is what creates the value of it. Just like that there's scarcity of existing land and dirt, right. um, the ability for some of these metaverses to create scarcity and also creates that interest and, and increased demand. So for one example is Decentraland, you know, probably the most notable metaverse out there right now. They have 90,161 individual plots that, that you can own. And they call it, uh, they trade it as an NFT known as LAND, mm, land, sure. right? And you buy that using their cryptocurrency mana. So it's because of that scarcity that then also they creates that value. So the fact that they want to try and avoid the ability that I'm just going to create this infinite amount of properties and creating that exclusivity is what also creates value. The same thing with like the basketball video clips and the digital trading cards is like, yeah, I can get, I can watch them on YouTube or NBA.com anytime I want, but I own one of only 10 of these exclusive digital clips. And because you have that kind of registration and authenticity, that's what's creating value. Yeah. Can't wait to see what eventually comes. Just ninety thousand. I mean, because that makes me wonder. Like, well, there are more than ninety thousand homes in the world. Like, it's got to grow. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and the value's got to go up anyway. Anyway, fun to speculate. That's like a whole nother like Zillow world thing where I'm thinking, wow. I mean, eventually, I might be looking at those plots and say, oh wow, no, th- those plots, are, those plots are just digital, but they're for like five million dollars. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm sure other lands will come up as well. Well, and also when you think about the scarcity too, the. Uh, The idea of when we were first moving to digital currency or the digital version of currency, there was like the, wait a second, I'm just going to put my credit card on a device and that's what I'm going to use to pay things? No, I want the feel of cold, hard cash in my hands. I got to put it under my mattress. And now we don't even give it a second thought. So there's also this idea that eventually over time, comfort level is going to change. And then all of a sudden, that perceived value is going to increase. Now, if you don't have, would you sign up for a bank account or a credit card that does not give you a digital option for it, of which you can transact through mobile payments or whatever? No, like that's got to be standard operating procedure. So it, there's the time is going to play into this. And it's the, the consumer mindset is going to become more comfortable. Right now, I always like to use the Jennifer Marine test. Was, that's my mother, right? If Jennifer Marine doesn't like, like, what is this crazy talk about NFTs? But when she says like, oh, yes, I understand. And I now see value in it. Then you know that it's going to be widely accepted. And and I think we're going to eventually get there. But uh, I don't know what the exact timeline is going to be. Yeah, sure. That's the at the end of the day, that's mostly what it is like, okay, it's probably going to happen. We just don't know when but when it does, it'll like a snap. Right now, that's why it says why I open this by saying it's Wild Wild West, because like, literally, it is. Yeah. So let me ask about one other thing, and I'll probably close here because we could we could postulate for an hour on this probably, but the idea of the broad blockchain digital contracting that applies to NFTs and maybe will broaden beyond that, does that change at all the way in which physical homes, regardless of their ownership, can be sold? I mean, right now that normally happens for the most part, the vast majority, through an agent. 
on both sides. But these digital contracts can be placed directly between one person and another. It's almost like a first sale by owner, but for digital things. How does that change your world as a business that has thrived upon a field of agents that have made these connections happen in the real world now that the digital world where that might be different is coming to to play? Yeah, when it comes right down to it, because this is uh, a very similar question that I was asked 20 years ago. Maybe it wasn't asked of me, but I heard, I've heard i heard it being asked uh, about the value of agents as things moved from a MLS that was literally a phone book that you had to flip through and look at pictures to now this information being accessible and available to everyone. Right. And it was like, well, there's no longer a need for agents. If everything's available online, what am I going to go to them for? I don't have to drive around in a car. I can just go online and look at it. And uh, the real estate agent has been able to not only survive, but succeed through that change as well. Because what has happened is the real estate process is still a very complex thing and not something that people get involved in on a regular basis, right? It's one of those every seven years, maybe you're making a move. And there's a lot of details in that and expertise that you as the ordinary person, yeah, I can find a property and I know what I can afford and say, I like this one. But getting through that transaction process is still pretty unique. And then when you add in the complexities of today and potentially in the future, especially if you're talking about, hey, I'm going to buy it through cryptocurrency or whatever. Sure. You're going to need someone who's going to guide you through that process. Anytime you have a difficult a process that you're going through, you're wanting to have someone there who's going to help take you through it. And that's really what the real estate agent does, mm. is that they're able to not only knowledgeably know how they can get you through it and what are all the details, how are they going to bring the buyers in if you're a seller, and what is the right you know, negotiating tactic to, to own that property. I don't think that's going away because I think there's always a need for someone who has an expertise in something to help guide those who are not dealing in it every single day and want that trusted guide. And I think that's what uh, Cole Banger agents have proven to do. It's the reason why we've been around for 116 years now and can not just surviving, but continuing to succeed. That's true. I think about this now, even in, in looking back on just a question I asked two minutes ago, and I thought, well, I mean, I'm sure you could like look up and get a demo of like a software or something where like when everything moved digital, people were like, oh, why don't I need a salesperson for this? Salespeople are always there as sort of the the guide for these sorts of things. And especially as the world is as wide and unknowing as this. Yeah, there probably will be some element of that. Not to say it's going to be an agent killer by any means. So uh, but I look I look forward to everything here and especially your and Colwell Banker's journey, I guess as I round out any wild predictions, like what do you personally think is going to happen with all this? Oh, well, this is absolutely the Wild West right now. Right. I do think that there's going to become uh, some more oversight on this and and much to probably much the people who are in NFTs chagrin, some regulatory elements of, over how this works in the future, especially when it comes to real estate and the idea of, hey, how can I create a digital version of an existing real world property? Yep. And then someone who owns the physical property not able to own and have rights to the digital one. Like those are all sorts of different complexities that I think still need to be sorted out. But I know this is absolutely something we're going to be keeping an eye on and keeping close tabs on. Uh, I'm also very excited about not just the metaverse, but potentially the multiverse from both uh, Spider-Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange coming out uh, right. in May. Like that, I'm very excited about what are the details that are going to be coming from that as well. Uh, so 
for all those who are tuning in, hoping to talk about Doctor Strange and the multiverse. Sorry to disappoint you with the metaverse conversation. Yeah, and then we had to hit him with another one. But uh, that's all right. My guess, I'll have a prediction that similar to Second Life social branding change. We didn't even talk about that. That was another big thing. I was surprised to hear you say the Second Life was the craziest thing you've done when you changed a logo that had been there for 100 years. But anyway, it's another podcast, folks, another podcast. <laughs> to this, I think you'll probably pioneer something and you'll do it soon. So um, for now, thank you so much for postulating with me. And uh, can't wait to buy a digital home. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. Always a pleasure talking with you. I'll admit I'm not a physical homeowner as of yet, but this digital world seems pretty interesting. Not sure if I'll leapfrog straight to it, but there might be some out there who do. Thanks again to David Marine from Coldwell Banker for sharing his perspective here as a true pioneer to the space. And thanks to you for tuning in to another episode of NFTC Suite. We'll be back again real soon with another brand leader to learn how they innovate through leveraging NFTs. In the meantime, you can right-click, save as, and download this podcast wherever you listen, and you can find us socially, NFTPro underscore on Twitter or NFTPro on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time.